we are so glad that you were listening to the Temple of God International podcast. We as a family are praying for you and we believe that this is just the word that you need. God bless you. Saints of God, we are more than blessed. Say, I am blessed. Amen. You know, as part of the sad news coming from Orlando, Florida, this pastor and the wife have been thinking, Amen. I've been thinking and I want to insert this in our line of forgiveness. Amen. Along, you know, we are trying to have a certain stability in Christianity. Glory be to God. Now, I want to read this verse of scripture to you. And also, you know, beginning, you know, amazingly, because of what has been going on, I've even forgotten that we declare this year as the year of grace. The first message that we heard was the year of grace. And as we are coming to the end of the year, the Lord is calling upon every one of us. You see, the grace of God is big. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, I believe that there is the manifold, manifold, many, many, many folds, many, many folds of the grace of God. And make sure you tap into it. Also, this verse of scripture that I'm going to begin with, look at it and look at it very carefully. The Bible says the grace is not only to individuals, but also to a church. Amen. So when we declare a fast and you can, just agree with us in prayer in the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to read from verse 1 all through to verse 6 very quickly. Or probably to verse 7. Is somebody there with me? It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wait to the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Please take note. The grace of God was bestowed on the churches. Are you there with me? This very first Corinthians chapter 3, Paul boastfully says that the grace that was bestowed on me so the grace, are you there with me? The grace, the grace, the enabling factor, the thing that makes it happen of God, that comes upon us. It can be as an individual sin, and it can also be as a church. Glory be to God. Say glory be to God. Say it's a good news. Yes, it's a good news. It's encouraging. It's positive. That is why I have come. These are the things that I want to hear. Amen. It goes on to say how that. In a great trial of our affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. They were willing of themselves. Okay? What these two verses is trying to say is that when it comes to the giving of the saints and you look at the financial condition of the church in Macedonia, there was something supernatural about it. There was something supernatural about it because when you go into the church coffers and you go into the individual people's life and they take offering, there's a vast difference. There was something supernatural. It's beyond their power. How come we know you are earning this. How come we know you are in this situation? But anytime it comes to giving, 
when we count all the things that comes to us, it doesn't reflect, it doesn't reflect the life of the people. It was supernatural. Say supernatural. Supernatural. Okay. It goes on in verse 4. It says that praying us, that means that uh, they, are, they were so liberal. Liberality, I mean, and their condition of life, the afflictions that they were going through, the trials and afflictions that they were going through. Then, it doesn't match their liberality. And he was saying that it was a supernatural force of the grace of God that was upon the church that was causing that. Are you there with me? He goes on to say, praying us with much entreaties that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry of the saints. Meaning that he Paul knew that this church, I mean, who is the prime minister here? Who is the Bologna here? Who is the uh, accountant here? Who is the um, bank manager here? In quotes, in our standard, human standard, we feel if we have a millionaire in a church, then the church offering has to go up. If we have an accountant in our midst, then there should be, if we have estate developers in our midst, then we should have a certain reflection of the church. But it says that, so in taking from them to help other churches, Paul and co were a bit reluctant. But the people entreated them. Oh, please, give it to them. He said, uh, entreating us. Are you there with me? But he was talking about a particular grace which should be on the other churches too. Is somebody hearing me? He goes on to say, they prayed. I mean, that they were, take it, take this offering. Take this offering from us. Entreating us that we should receive. Are you there with me? Then verse 5 says that this they did not as we hope. Are you there with me? So you find out that every pastor has a hope. Are you there with me? What hope has the pastor God? Look at it. I say, but first, they gave their own self unto the Lord, then unto us. Are you there with me? He says that for a church to have this grace, this giving grace to come upon it, the individuals must be truly born again. They first gave themselves unto the Lord. You know, when you actually give yourself unto the Lord and you take up the cross, that means you die to your will. It's a different thing. Then later, if you begin to be serious in the church, either choir, either pastor, ushering, finance department, book children department, are you there with me? He says the proper way is that the, this grace came upon this church because they actually accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they gave themselves to the Lord before they begin to work mightily in the church and in the ministry. Is somebody hearing me? He said, this they did first, first, Pluton, first. They gave themselves unto the Lord, then unto us by the will of God. In so much that we desire that Titus, in so much that we desire, we desire Titus, that as he has begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Are you there with me? What he's trying to say is that now Titus is your current pastor in this church in Corinth. Okay. And Titus has started a certain thing. Are you there, man? We are seeing development. We are seeing development. Now he's using a Macedonian church to talk to the, an example from the Macedonian church of a type of grace, which is on the Macedonian church to talk to the current church. But currently they have a pastor called Titus. And see, the Titus has started so, something good. But we, we pray, we want him to continue until the whole church come to this level of grace. Then listen to what he says in verse 7. He says, therefore, 
as he abound in everything, in faith. Meaning that even in faith is a work of grace. Are you there with me? He says that in utterance. So if somebody will get the gift of utterance, prophesying here and there, or speaking for things to happen, it's actually the grace of God. In knowledge. If somebody is going to be knowledgeable about the things of God, it's actually the grace of God at work. Then he says, in all diligence. Are you, there? you see that sometimes a grace of God come upon you, and in everything you add diligence to what you are seriousness to your schoolwork, seriousness to your marriage, seriousness to your finances. So are you there diligent in everything? Even when you are driving, you are diligent. When you are cleaning, you are diligent. Everything that you do, it's actually a grace that causes people to do this. Then he goes on to say that a diligent and in your love for us. So you find out that you see. It's not every church member that loves the pastor or the leaders. Are you there with me? So you find that it's a grace that comes from particular people. I mean, sometimes, right, if we say, oh, pray for the pastor, some do not pray because that thing is not there. Are you there with me? And if that thing is not there and by in a prayer meeting, like a prayer team, we make a mistake and we say, oh, pray this topic for the pastors. Because that thing is not there, you cannot do it properly. But there are certain people too that they love the pastors that they have been given. And it's a grace. Are you there? All this is referring to different types of grace. Is somebody hearing me? Now look at it again in verse 7. It says that, see that he also abound in this grace. What is he trying to say? In faith, in diligence, in hard work, in all these things, make sure that you have the giving grace. Giving grace. Make sure that you have the giving grace. Is somebody hearing me? Don't say that I have faith to move mountains. I love my pastor. Don't say that the things that have been listed here, then when it comes to giving, you are struggling in giving. If you are struggling in giving, then please, especially when you don't have, when there's affliction, when there are difficulties, when you are still struggling, know that that grace is not there. When we raise that topic, please. Are you there with me? Because the manifold grace of God, the manifold grace of God. The Bible says sufficient. When you go to the next, you continue in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And it says that even through giving, God releases a type of grace for you. That you have sufficiency in all things. That you are sufficient. I mean, you don't need anything from anybody. And it's a type of grace. I see that coming on you in the name of Jesus. I see that coming on you in the name of Jesus. Now, where I want to take off now, okay, for us to also understand and together with the trending things on Facebook and all those things for people who have questions and that and that is I'm going to bring the temple of God message purely in there and explain certain things. Are you there with me? And how practically we can survive this pandemic and the season in which we are in. Is somebody ready with me? Please take note. The reason why I read this portion of scripture is that even though he has spoken good about the Macedonian church, he has used the Macedonian church as a, a positive example you notice that he says that he has also given us a key to how the Macedonian church got to this level. And what was the key? It's in verse 5. He says, even though they were good givers, that means that they are giving. You know, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 that if you consider the rain, you will not sow. The rain, what does it mean? Sometimes we go through afflictions. Sometimes we go through difficulties. Are you there with me? And don't let those things stop your sowing. Is somebody hearing me? So he said the Macedonian church were going through afflictions and all sorts, but it didn't affect their sowing. But it didn't just happen. They first gave themselves unto the Lord. So please, as a pastor, I feel that I have to let everybody who is hearing me, who's going to hear me from henceforth, understand who you are and believe it. 
Are you there with me? The position who you exactly are. Is somebody hearing me? Irrespective of whatever happened, this is what scripture says that you are. Amen. And build your walk with God from there. Now, the sky is the limit, whichever direction you choose. Whether it's rubbish collection, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether a funeral director, whether a golf professional golf player, whether a footballer, are you there with me? But understand that this is what the Bible says. Either you take it or you leave it. You take it and you build upon it. Is somebody understanding me? Now, the first scripture that I just want you to read, to understand that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our old human spirit is regenerated or reunited with God's spirit. Everybody, whether you will like it or not, that is the, the truth. Say that is the truth. Says, if I am born again, I am one in spirit with Jesus or with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, the church in Corinth went through a bit of difficulties. They were believers, all right. They were, you know, they had all sorts of division. Some says I like Paul. Some says I like Apollo's preaching. Some says Apollo stands still when he preaches. Some say Apollo doesn't move. Some say Apollo doesn't speak when he preaches. All sorts of things. Okay, then it got to a point that Paul wanted them to understand the core. And this is the core of the New Testament. And I'm going to prove it to you. It was this level that the apostles in between Jesus' ascension and the uh, day of Pentecost for them to be empowered. They had to understand this and believe this for the anointing to flow in their life. Is somebody hearing me? And yours has started in the name of Jesus. I say the world is about to hear your ministry in the name of Jesus after hearing this truth. Is somebody hearing me? Now, he came to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and he makes this statement. And I'm going to read two various versions of the Bible, but please listen to me. He says, he got to a point that he said to them, No, ye, not that. Ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Are you there with me? He was telling them that, listen, irrespective of I'm, I'm a poor, different, I'm this, I'm this, all this division in the church, somebody's going to take his father's wife, and all sorts of things going on. Do you really realize? Because it's the foundation of all these things that we are trying to teach. Do you realize that you are the temple of God? In other words, God lives in you by his spirit. Are you there with me? Let me read the Amplified. The Amplified says, do you not discern and understand? Okay, so amplifies the, 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 it's a theme of mental, are you there, acceptance. Please, it's not a skin cream. Are you, are you seeing it? Skin creams are applied with or without mental what? But this truth, right, for it to actually have impact on you, you need discernment. Are you there with me? And acceptance. Are you there with me? And it goes on to say, and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth are God's temple, his sanctuary in, in bracket, that is his house. Then that God's spirit has a permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and individually. This is what the Amplified says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Are you there with me? 
Now, where from this truth? And I'm going to go back. Are you there? We'll talk about David. We'll talk about Job. People who understood this. That a man is nothing unless the spirit of God is living in him. And Job makes certain statements. That this is what makes a difference in life. Are you there with me? Now, Jesus himself understood this truth. So much to the extent that it affected his prayer life. Because if he is praying, if he is fasting, whatever he is doing, he knows that it is God that is doing it through him. And Apostle Paul also understood this truth. And you see, we can come to church, come to church and come to church and hear such bizarre things like what happened in America last week or last Thursday. Are you there with me? But until we come to the realization that God is actually living in me, and where our actions, is it, if God is living me, this thing that I'm doing, is it actually of God or another spirit has taken over? Is somebody hearing me? Now, listen to what Jesus said. And the people didn't understand. But later, his apostles understood what Jesus said. And you and I are understanding today in the name of Jesus. Is somebody there? Now, look at it. In John chapter 2, and I'm going to read 19 to 22 very quickly. John chapter 2, Jesus himself sees himself as the temple of God, that God is living in me. And I didn't even add revelation. Are you there with me? Let me just take this easily. He says, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up again. Now, the people, they didn't understand. Look at verse 20. They said, then, then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building, and thou, and will thou rear it up in three days? They didn't understand. Verse 21 says that, but he spake of the temple of his body. He spake of the temple of his body. So we find out that then, even in Jesus' time, when he's feeling feverish, he tells the fever that, hey, hey, this my body is not mine, oh, it is God. Was there a pandemic in Jesus' time? What would Jesus do? Realize, realize that this is your body. It's the house of God. Is somebody hearing me? Now, he goes on to say, the people didn't understand. When he talked about the temple, the moment he mentioned the temple, they thought it was the building made up of stones and crystals and that that Solomon built and the various people built. Now, he got to verse 22. The Bible said, therefore, and when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said, this unto them. And they believe the scriptures and the words which Jesus have said. I tell me, so it come to a point that the people realize that Jesus said this about himself. Would you say that about yourself? Would you say that about yourself? Jesus said this about himself and the people were witnesses. Say, I am the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in me. Say it again. I am the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in me. Say it for the last time. I am the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in me. Please, let me just say this to you. In Psalm 12, verse 6, the Bible says this word. We are not the ones to try it. It has already, it's pure. It has already been tried like silver in a furnace. Seven times it has passed the purification test. We are not the ones to try it. Is somebody hearing me? We are not the ones to try this word of God. And Jesus said it and they remembered. You also have to say it for others to remember. Is somebody hearing me? Now, let's go a bit more inside. 
to the current church and how he explained how these things work. And we are going to read various versions of it. In the same 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it was repeated again. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to read 16 to 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 16 to 20. And one may ask that if God is living in me, if I am the temple of God, what for? And there's a primary, there's a secondary. Say there's a primary. There's a primary reason why God has chosen us to be his temple. And there are secondary reasons. Are you there with me? There are primary reasons and there are secondary reasons. If I say primary, I believe everybody can comprehend. Can we all comprehend? Yep. Can you comprehend when I say primary? That's the main. Are you there with me? There's the main reason why God wants you want to use us as his temple. Now look at this. Okay. Again, he starts with what and an exclamation mark. What? I mean, what? I mean, don't you? That means every one of us have to come to that mental descending realization. Is it coming true? He said, what? No, he know that. I'm starting from 16, please. First Corinthians chapter 6, and I start from verse 16. He said, what? No, he know that he which is joined to a harlot is one body. For two said he shall be one flesh. Please take note how we are one flesh with our spouse, not one spirit. Please take note how we are one flesh with our spouse. And when you get in touch, are you there with somebody fornicate, fornicationally? Is it a word? Accept it. You become one in body, but not in spirit. Please take note. Okay. Verse 17 says that, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. That means that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the process that we go through, are you there with me? It makes us join together in spirit. Is somebody hearing me? Is somebody hearing me? He's, he's trying to emphasize on the fact that, listen, you are not just there. Let no people treat you anyhow. You are the temple of God. Are you there with me? So he goes on to say that free fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Verse 19. What again? Say what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Say, I do not own myself. Say sickness. Poverty. I, am not, I do not own myself. Know that you are dealing with God. Know that you are dealing with God's property. Are you there with me? And when did this happen? It happened when Jesus, when we accept Jesus, you are not your own. See, when I accept Jesus, I am not my own. Are you there with me? You are God's property. You see, let me just say this to you, right? Let it not joke with this. You see, I don't want to deviate. I want to stand still because it's for future generation and also for you. Make use of it. Eat some and sow some. Eat some and sow some. Make sure you eat to the full this message today. Now, I have heard of somebody who has lost his chicken, her chicken, to be honest, in a town. And this lady was so much furious that she has lost her chicken that she took her clothes off. And took a pan, you know, empty vessels, they say make a lot of noise with a spoon. Are you there with me? And just the fact that an elderly lady has taken her 
clothes off with their black, uh, uh, this thing all showing and making noise. Who has stolen my chicken? I give you how much more you? Don't joke, don't joke with the blood of Jesus buying you. If a chicken, a woman can react this way to a chicken that is missing, think deep about these things. Think deep about these things. That Jesus shed his blood to get you. But until you have that realization, that flu symptoms will be playing around. I want to come, I want to come. <laughs> I don't feel well. I want you to say with your mom, I want to come, I want to come, I want to come. Oh, they say they've diagnosed me with cancer. I want to come. They say they've done this. Doctor says this. They are all playing around you. Resist him and he will flee from you. Is somebody hearing me? I hope somebody got it. Now, verse 20 says, it says, it ends, verse 19 ends by saying, you are not your own. But 20 says that for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are of God, which are God's. Okay. So in the body, you know, it started with the body. When you are joined in certain things, it's a bodily thing. Are you there with me? But also the spirit is a different thing. When you join with Christ, are you there with me? Spiritual things. Are you there with the things of the heart, the reading of the word? Are you the, the things of the church? Are you there the things that are spiritual, that affect your crotus, your inner, inner man? Is somebody hearing me? Now, I want to read this very quickly in the Amplified. This very truth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I start from verse 19 and 20. Just the 19 and 20 in the Amplified. The 19 and the 20 says that, do you, do you not know that your body is the temple in bracket? Uh, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received a gift from God. You are not your own. Say, I am not my own. Look at the verse 20, what, what the verse 20 says in Amplified. It says that you were bought with a price, purchased with the precious, purchased with the preciousness and paid for. He made, made his own. Say, I am, I am, I am his. I say, I am his. And no one can snatch me out of the hands of God. Please say it in faith. It is, let me say this to you. Please don't say it back because it is of faith that it might be Christ has to dwell in our heart by faith. This temple of God message, it is by faith. It is by faith. It is by faith. And move on. Do whatever occasion serve thee and you see that you are not alone. Is somebody hearing me? You see a vast difference between you and the person who doesn't believe. Is somebody hearing me? Is somebody hearing me? Now, go on. He says that, so then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Are you there with me? Meaning that as much as we are joined in spirit with the Lord, our body, we also have a part to play in giving him honor. Amen. I want to read another place to you. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I read 16 to 18 very quickly, the two versions of the Bible, the King James and the distant. Again, he, this truth surfaced again to the church in Corinth. He kept on emphasizing it. He kept on, and he found out that almost every book, almost every book in the epistles talked about this very truth. Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you there with me? The Bible says that it is him that live, uh, it is uh, Philippians, they were told Philippians that it is God that worketh in us, both to will and to do his good pleasures. Are you somebody? This truth, this is the truth. Accept it 
and begin to build your life on it. Begin to build your life on it. Anything that you lay your hands to do, know that God is doing it through you. And I'm going to tell you how to operate it to the highest of the levels. Because you will see Jesus who was giving the spirit without measure. Are you there with me? Operating in early morning prayers. Operating in all night prayers. Are you there with me? Going into the synagogue as his customer to read the word. Are you there with me? There were times that he came to him and he could say that um, haven't you read what David did? Meaning that he was a scholar of the things of the Old Testament. He was a reader. Having not schooled. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, having no school, but he could go into the temple realizing that God is living in him. Are you there with me? I'm not saying that if God is living in you, you shouldn't pray. No, there are certain things that I'm about to tell you that enhances God living in us. Is somebody hearing me? There are certain fastings and certain acts of faith that one has to exhibit to bring out the God in us. Is somebody hearing me? Now, I go on very quickly. How many minutes do I have? Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you have time? I have about 10 minutes. I'm going to read this very quickly. Now, again, this truth appeared again in 2 Corinthians. Is somebody being blessed? Is somebody being blessed? Is somebody's ministry going into another level? Please, listen, right? There are various degrees of the acceptance and the receptivity of this message. Somebody will be a world changer after hearing this very truth. Somebody too will start climbing. Somebody will start running. Somebody will start flying. That's the truth of the matter. When you hold a microphone, when you get a chance and there's an audience, know, know that you are not yourself. And you can apply the same also true when there's any sickness plaguing. When there's anything you've been diagnosed, when there's anything they've told you, you can fight it with this very truth. You have to be saying it to yourself. You have to be saying it to yourself. There are so many things that time will not permit me. I want to go straight because this is an international message. It's like otherwise, I'll give you a practical example how I fight various pains and various things that come. And I tell you, right, some of the headaches and some of the pains that come, if it starts as a headache and a pain, but if you are not careful, it will lead to something else. So you have to fight it straight away. Say to yourself, say to yourself that this, listen, you are dealing with God's property. You are dealing with God's property, then you sleep. You wake up, the thing is gone. You wake up, the thing is gone. As the man of God said the other time, that our words are spirit. Before you slept, ah, what is happening? Where is this headache? I thought it was tiredness. But I've slept and still the headache. Is, you know, when you sleep, you wake up and the headache is still there. It's something else. Then it's not fatigue. You, people say Christianity. Say, say, I'm warning you. I'm warning you, you, this headache. I, it's, it's God's property you are dealing with. Oh, okay. Before you know you engage in other things, there's a word in the Bible which says it shall come to pass. Before you realize it has gone. Where is it gone? Next door neighbor. He says he moved around seeking for whom he may devour, but resist him. Resist him steadfastly in the faith. The Bible says if you have faith, you will say to this mountain. If you only have faith, you will say, we don't need to increase your faith. I see life not begin, not being the same again in the name of Jesus. Okay, now look at here very quickly. The Bible says, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I read 16 and 16 to 18 very quickly. It says that what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Okay, and it says that 
Ye are the temple of the living God. Say, I am the temple of the living God. As God has said, this is what God has said. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out among them. And be separated, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and it shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So here, he stated very clearly that God himself said, that, listen, I'm looking for vessels. Say, I am a candidate. To walk in. Okay? So as you are going into the supermarket, there can be secondary blessings. But there are primary blessings why God says you, you want vessels to manifest his glory. Is somebody hearing me? But the thing that causes the manifestation to tarry is your ability to separate yourself. The verse 17 says that, uh, therefore come out among them. Are you there? You know, David wrote a very wonderful psalm to the children of God. And he says that, listen, everybody can be blessed. But the reason why people are not blessed is the association. The association. If we sit in the council of the ungodly, oh, why? We shouldn't work with them. Yes, we work with them. But we shouldn't take advice from them. None of their ways should influence us. Is somebody hearing me? He goes on to say, the amplifier. The amplifier says that what agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? He says that for the temp- for we are the temple of the living God. Even God said, I will dwell in and with them. Say in and wait. In and wait. In and wait. This is, this is like a repetition of John chapter 14. God says, I will dwell in and wait and among them and walk in and wait. Walk in and wait. Walk in. Say that he is walking. So that footsteps is God. As you are going into the uh, interview room, as you are going into the contract room, there can be secondary manifestation of God. There's a primary and I'm going to read it before we finish. There can be secondary manifestation of God because he says, listen, that full step, that even that cough, that tickle, that scratch it, it's, it's, I'm doing it through you. Is somebody hearing me? He goes on to say, the amplifier, I love it. He goes on to say that, and I will be their God and they will be my people. So then, come out among unbelievers and what? Separate, savor, savor, you know, you know, sieve. You know, recently, Steve got missing in the house and I, I, I was surprised at how people love Steve. See, save, separate yourself. Are you there with me? From them. Says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Then I will receive, I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor. Mm. And treat you with favor. Okay, look at verse 18. It says, I'll be a father unto you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Are you there? I'm going to read two people. I'm just picking two people of old that understood that the anointing or the spirit of God living in us or you being the temple of God makes a difference. Okay, when Job and his friends, they were coming to him, they were saying all sorts of things. They said all sorts of bizarre things. But even in his trouble, Job had a certain understanding. And he said to them that the understanding that I have, it is the spirit of God that gives me that. So Job Dems in those years. And talking about the book of Job, right? if we have to go into homiletics or we have to go into uh, biblical theology, probably theology is the thing, right? It's one of the oldest books in the Bible. It is believed that it happened even before Abraham. That Uz, that man of Uz, that rich man of Uz, 
that Job story. But the Bible will have us in this, in that page as a reference. But apparently it's one of the oldest occurrence in the Bible. Are you there with me? But listen to Job 32 verse 8. What Job said. He says that there is a spirit in man. So please, there is a spirit in man. I know sometimes, you know, mothers, we do all sorts of things. Fathers do all sorts. We can go the lengths. Are you there with me? We can go and drop them in school, pick them in school, take them here and that and that. Are you there with me? But know that this spirit in this, your child or this spirit in the man or your wife or your husband has to be influenced, has to be fused with the spirit of God. Are you there with me? And it says that, but the breath of the almighty gives him understanding. This breath there is the word rurak. Is the word rurak, which the New Testament calls the Holy Spirit. Are you there with me? Is the word rurak. So if I know that, eh, and you look at uh, verse, the next verse, verse 9. Verse 9 says that it's not every grown-up that has wisdom. <laughs> so sometimes a child with the Spirit of God will have wisdom more than the father or the mother. Is somebody hearing me? Verse 9 says that great men are not always, oh, not even old men. See, great men are not always wise. Well, go home and go and read it. Start from verse 28. While people were running away from him because of the spirit upon him. Friends, when they see him, then they run. Sometimes you used to wonder, how come as a pastor, I'm not getting friends? Even people will call and say hi. Then I read that and I understood. Look at David. He has sinned. Nathan came to him and said, listen, this that you have done, God has seen it. Are you there? But look at his prayer. He knew that when he ceases from becoming the temple of God, things are going to be different for him. He's going to struggle. Is somebody hearing me? Psalm 51. And I'm going to read very quickly from 10 to 13. Psalm 51. Okay, look at this. The Bible says that when Nathan came to him to tell him, he went into prayer. And one of the things that he said was that, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Are you there with me? Renew. So you find out that there's a right spirit and there's a wrong spirit in the people that we encounter at our workplaces, at our friends, our husbands and our wife and our children. There's a right spirit and there's a wrong spirit. He says that, cast me not away from thy presence. Are you there with me? And he says that, take not the Holy Spirit from me. Take not, take not the Holy Spirit from me. Then he went on to say, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. And he said that then, say then. He said, if I have gone through, Jesus said, remove the what? Peck from your eyes. Then you see clearly to help people. This is the secret of Jesus. When the anointing came upon him, he said, then I'll be qualified to help people. Say then. I'll be qualified to help people. Say, find out that you understand why Jesus wanted the anointing. Before he started his ministry. He said, then I will teach transgression thy way. And what? Sinners will be converted unto thee. Then I will teach transgressions thy way and sinners. So if we ourselves, as the temple of God, we haven't risen to the ambassadorship of Christ. If I know that we, we are a bit flying low. Whilst we can fly to the highest place when we step in the interview room, the boardroom, that organization, that place that they've given you because Christ is in you is that God who is working. 
and people will see and give glory to God. He said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good work and give glory to God. It is happening to you in the name of Jesus. Life will never be the same in the name of Jesus after hearing this very truth. Now, let me just say this to you. God wants to use everybody. Say, God wants to use everybody. Pastor, how do you know? How do you know that God wants to use me? Listen to these last two portions of scriptures as we close. Now, I'm going to pray. Listen. In... 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says, There are differences. Hey, I beg your pardon. There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives diverse gifts. You all know. As you go down, you see the diversities of gifts. Then the Bible says that there are differences of administration by the same Lord. That is Jesus' word. The word of God applied. Are you there with me? There are differences. Are you there for the same truth? I'll give you an example. There are certain things that fasting can bring it. There are certain things that hearing can bring it. Are you there? There are certain things that prayer can bring it. So you find out that there are differences in what? The administration of things. But it's the same Lord, the same word that guides us. Are you there with me? Then it goes on to say there are diversities of operation. Are you there with me? The operation, the way God I fasted and God did this. I fasted and angels came and they did this. I fasted and I, I prayed and this. I shouted and the problem was over. I did. But it says that the operation is the same God that is what? In all. Please take note. It's the same God that is what? In all. So whether you like it or not, God is in you. <laughs> Are you getting it? Whether you like it or not, God is in you. Are you there with me? Then the next thing that he says in verse 7 is a bit scary. He says that, but, say but. When you hear all these things and you hear but, what does it mean? What does it mean? Those of you English language scholars. There's a question mark in there. But he says that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is what? Given to all. What? For what? The profit of all. Are you there with me? Now, do you know the manifestation is the word phanerosis. The word phanerosis means the making visible of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that the Holy Spirit wants to make himself visible in you. The Holy Spirit wants to make himself visible in you, in you, in you, in you. All of you, the Holy Spirit wants to make himself visible. The Holy Spirit wants to make himself visible. Why? For somebody's profit. Say, say for somebody's profit. That is the primary reason for you being the temple of God. The primary reason is that God wants to use you to reach somebody. God wants to reach you to do good to somebody. God wants to reach you. God wants to use you to bring salvation to somebody or a home, a community. Is somebody hearing me? He says that, listen, there are diversities of gifts. He says that, listen, there are differences of administration. He says that what? There are diversities of operation. By his God who is behind. But when it comes to the spirit of God, everybody shouldn't be left out. So listen to what he says here. As I close. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Why? Because all things are passed away and all things have become news. It's a good news. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. All things have become new. But listen, it says that all things are of God who reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Are you there? That's the ministry of exchange, whatever you are going to do. Now, he said to wait, verse 19, that God was in Christ. Oh. So the whole ministry of Jesus, everything that Jesus did, God was in him. God was in Christ. Pity. God was in Christ. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. He used Christ. So if we have the baton, how can we do it without God in us? If greater works are we to do, Sherry, if greater works are we to do, how can, how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it? Abef, how did Jesus do it? All of you, your name is going international. How did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it? The Bible says that God was in him and was reconciling the word. Okay, now, what was the primary thing that Jesus was doing? What are the secondary things that Jesus did? Do you think the primary thing was Jesus to stop storm? Do you think the primary thing of, of Jesus was what? To pay his bills when they asked him that you pay bills? Are you there? So he found out that there is a primary effect and there's a secondary effect. Let's read on and see whether we'll find a primary effect. Let's go on. The Bible says that to wait that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has given us, you and I, the word, that is the logos of reconciliation. That means that when we speak the word, somebody is exchanging his life to Christ. The word reconciliation is what? Exchange or what? Finding differences. Finding differences, reconciliation. Finding differences. The word logos. He has given you and I. We have the word of reconciliation. Are you there with me? Then he goes on to say, now we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Are you there with me? So he found out that we are in place. Reconciling the world. Are you there with me? And how Jesus did it was that God was in him. Say God was in him. How did Jesus do it? Have you ever thought of that? How did Jesus do it? You've not thought about that. Okay. Listen to what Jesus said. In John chapter 14. Look at what he said in verse 12. Okay. John chapter 14. Lynn, I hope you are coming along. John chapter 14. Look at what he said in verse 12. He says what? Verily, verily. You know, when somebody says verily, verily, it's like double emphasis or he has stressed on a particular point. Are you there with me? He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do. Please stop. The works. You see works there? You see works? He says, the works that I do shall he do. Remember that the Bible says in Corinthians, later was revealed to us through the apostle Paul, that the works that Jesus did was actually God in him. So what is this God in him? And God says that I am not, Jesus says I'm not here, but those that believe in me, the thing that I did, they'll do the same. Are you there with me? Now let's go back to John chapter 10. No, John chapter 9, verse 10. Let's go back two chapters, two verses behind. Where the works, remember? Work. You see work? No, John chapter 12, uh, John chapter 14, verse 10. Please look at this very carefully. Okay, the Bible says that, okay, can we go to verse 12 again? Look at verse 12. Okay, please, I just want you to take one. John chapter 
14, verse 12. Okay? John chapter 14. Okay? Look at verse 12 again. We just want to remind ourselves. Verily, verily. Can we say, can we all say it together? Verily, verily. I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do. It's a promise, isn't it? That every one of us, as a result of faith, we can do exactly what Jesus did and even more. Okay. But let's just stop there. That say, I can do the work. Now the question is that how did Jesus do the work? When you come to two, two verses above, Jesus explained how the works are done. Are you there with me? Are you there? Is somebody coming along with me? Jesus explained how the work is done. He went on to say, Believe thou that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Okay? He said, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. The Father that dwells in me, he what? Doeth the what? Works. Should I say it again? Is it understood? Read it. Is it understood? He has defined how the work is done. Remember, Jesus says, we will do the work that he did. Now, this verse is telling us how the work is done. Should I say it again? Okay, everybody look on the screen. Okay. He says, believe thou that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but what? The Father that what? Dwells in me is what? It is he, he the father, that does what? The work. So if we are going to do greater works, is what? The father that has to do with through us. Whatever you lay your hands to do as you step out in the name of Jesus. It is the father that is, live with that, live with that. Listen, when we are paying the bill. Anything that you are saying, whether you are proclaiming a blessing unto your children or you go into contact with any sick environment and you want to exhibit the Father, the tangible manifestation of the Father being alive, whether you are praying for somebody on the radio, on the Skype or whatever it is, know that it is the Father in you that does the work. Now, how does the Father work? It says that you have a part to play. When you come to verse 21, you say that these are the things that when you do, you will see the result of the fathers around you. Me and Jesus. Verse 21. He says that he that has what? My commandment. He is it. He it is that what? Love me. And what? He that loveth me, what? Will be loved by my father. And I will love him. And what? We will what? Manifest ourselves unto him. So the word. As you have the word, the more manifestation of Jesus and the Father, you will see. Oh, but pastor, this is not clear. Go to verse 23. Because verse 22, what happened was that Judas, not the other Iscariot, the other Judas interrupted. Then Jesus explained, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep what? My commandment. So he found out that when Jesus was saying that I am in the Father and the Father is me, meaning that I do the word and the word is in me. I do the word and the word is in me. Are you, see, are you seeing it? I do the word and the word is in me. Then he goes on to say that, eh? and my father would what? Love him. If any man loves me, he will keep my words. And what? My father will love him and we will come unto him and make what? We'll make what? 
we would what? Make what? Our house in whom? So the source is the word. As you go out, the thing that is going to happen to you is based on the word you do and the word you retain. And you will see God in every endeavor. You become like a Midas touch. Everything that you touch tends to go. It is you. It is you. The Bible tells us that this is what Jesus did. He says that, listen, if you don't believe me, then see the results around me. See the answers around me. One man of God, Andrew Walmart, which I'm seeing on air, he says that people say all sorts of things challenging him. And he says that, listen, if we are getting the same results that I'm getting, or if you are getting more results than me, I will stop what I'm believing and, what I, and I'll come and follow you. Is somebody hearing me? Listen, if it doesn't work, like in 21 years of this, 1999, we have stopped. We have stopped. We have stopped long time. Can I overemphasize it? Can I? Is somebody understanding it? So it is up to us. People were saying all sorts of things about this man of God. If you see his clips, 60,000 membership church in Orlando, Florida. People saying all sorts of things. You know, people have gotten chance. A man of God has fallen. A man of God has done this. So this and the people saying all sorts of things. But please, as we go, we don't know what will confront us. Are you there with me? Whether next week we have the grace to meet or we cannot meet. But please, 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 please. The sky is your limit. Hearing this temple of God message. You make God work. Say, I make God work. Say, I make it happen. I will demonstrate my faith with agreement with you. Make certain prayers and certain pronunciation on you. But I tell you that he has a place that he stops. When you get into your closet, you're on your own. You have to prove that there is a God. You have to prove that there is a God. Rise up onto your feet. Thank you for listening to the Temple of God International Podcast. We pray that you have thoroughly received the word and that it will bless and enhance your life in unthinkable ways. We encourage you to not only subscribe to this podcast, but also to our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on our social media pages. We strive to encourage you with the word of God. God bless you. Until next time.